0: fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio and it may be played on the air, who knows. Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. Well, I signed paperwork for the third endeavor I was telling people about. And of course, this is not the finish line. I was assured repeatedly that there won't be a lot of stupidity And by stupidity, I mean, this is the, the third one is the full-time one. And I said that the problem with full-time is they usually ask you to do stupid stuff that I frankly am ethically opposed to. And so this, it's kind of tentative, you know, or tenuous, I guess is better said, because if they ask me to do other stupid stuff, which unfortunately is in what I signed, that said, we have the right to introduce these stupid things at some point later, It means I'll have to basically just give notice, instant notice. There will be no two weeks. It is I'm going to leave uh, unless if there's, you know, some advance and there's an ability to say no because there are certain things I simply will not do. And I wanted to make sure that was clear to some people that there are things I will not do. And it's not because I'm a disruptor, although I am a disruptor in a positive fashion, it is because there are certain things I ethically will not do. And one thing I impose on you know, companies I deal with, one that we lack as a society, the, sorry, balls to step up and be strong about what you ethically are opposed to. It's, it's that simple. If I'm ethically opposed to a thing, I'm not going to do the thing. That doesn't mean that I'm not reasonable when it makes sense. And see that second part I just said is what I think a lot of these organizations struggle with. It's got to make sense to me, not to them, to me a lot of companies try to impose a singular set of rules on all of the different workers, contractors, consultants, et cetera. That doesn't work for me, brother. I need to make sure that my needs are accommodated because as I understand, first of all, being a minority myself, I understand that I'm the only one who's going to protect myself. Now, are there things where I'm concerned for my life? Yes. Are there things where I'm concerned for my health? Yes. Yes. Are there things where I'm concerned for my safety? Yes. These are fundamentally, like your self-protection should take paramount, you know, first, number one, not backseat. Because some company tells you, you have to give up your own rights, your own beliefs, your own control of your own body. We tout this catchphrase of my body, my choice all over the place. However, on a regular basis, When you go work for a different company, when you consult, contract with a company, I don't think many people read what you are agreeing to as part of the terms, or even if you do, you're in such a state of desperation because of your situation, that you're agreeing to things that put yourself at risk. They fundamentally do. Whether you acknowledge the risk or not, the risk is there. So when we tout the phrase, quote, my body, my choice, do you know that a company can fundamentally require you to subject to things that are violations of you, whatever those things are. And they will bake it in that basically we own you. So things, great example, when you are a salaried employee and you didn't know I was going this way, when you're a salaried employee, in the United States, you are not entitled to overtime. The generic definition for a computer professional, quote unquote, is that they are not entitled to hourly because, quote, there's no way to track their hours. I don't know who out there works in technology who is a salaried employee. I'm fairly certain all of you are required to fill out timesheets of some kind. And then when you get to your payroll, you're required to do it again. Why? Because they can track the time, which means they could track the overtime. Nobody has lobbied to the federal government about how this is abuse of people. So what ends up happening? You get to this world where there is this on-call, quote-unquote, condition, you are required to basically be woken up at any hour in a past life, in a past world, in a past decade. There was a time when you would carry a pager. But for the younger folks, the pager was a one way messaging tool to notify you to call somebody back. No problem. I actually was fine with the pager for the most part. In the medical field, they still use them. The pager had some sense of I needed to call back. And yes, it woke you up, but now we have cell phones. Now there's an assumption that you're going to answer the phone. And what happens if you don't? You get chewed out when you come to work the next day. So the expectations have changed upon you. I don't know if people understand this, but pretty much any medical professional will tell you there's a certain amount of sleep you should be getting on a regular basis to maintain a level of health. It helps your body recover from what has been done to it during the day. When you're on an on-call schedule, especially when you're dealing with an unstable environment, you are getting woken up and you are disrupted and it's very difficult to get back to sleep. Or let's say that it wasn't really an emergency and you can't get back to sleep because you're woken up for no reason. Or let's say there were multiple incidents back to back. Or let's say that you're doing some migration where they only want to do it in the evening, even though whatever it is could have been done during the day, but you're you're imposed upon you're forced to comply with somebody else's belief that we'll just abuse you and not pay you any extra money. See, the whole business about the 24-hour on-call rotation type thing wouldn't be nearly as bad if you had culturally, we have an understanding that we are going to pay you hourly. And it's still salaried in the sense that it is a set amount of hours, you will get your eight, but if we go over it, we're going to pay you this over time. They don't do that. So since they don't do this, you are putting your health at risk, because all for a job. This is one of those where I find it unacceptable, and I will have to say no. Adamantly, I will not do this because there are ways, especially in my craft, there are ways not to have to do it. Now, in this particular one I signed, they are using a cloud service. The cloud service is maintained by a different vendor. And I'm familiar with the vendor. They handle the back end, They handle the servers, the databases, everything else. We handle the front side. And so we don't have to necessarily worry about uptime or that sort of thing. The problem is that you create a solution. And for whatever reason, there's an expectation given to the business that there's 24-hour support. Now, even though the service is self-supporting, essentially, We create this expectation of service delivery, which then, what, impacts my ability to make sure I can get the rest I need, and my employer is not willing to pay for the benefit of extra time imposed upon me. That causes an issue. That's number one reason why, and there's tons of these, right, of just impositions on a person. These are the reasons why I normally do not do full-time. Because it should not be up to them to dictate when I do work. It should be up to me to make sure that everything still works, irrespective of what time it is. So if that means I need to fix the software to where it doesn't break at midnight, I should be allowed to go in and just fix the software so it doesn't break at midnight. This is such a paradigm shift, though, for many companies that I ultimately refuse to deal with. Otherwise I said, if the company's not going to allow me to do my job, which is be that specialist and fix the problem, I'm just not going to stay very long. That happened in 2019. I accepted cause I was dealing with a director. I think I told the story and the director came from the basically the industrial world of everybody is a generic replaceable widget and wanted everybody on the floor to do what I'm able to do, even though I have 17 years experience in software at this point. And there's no way to get to that point because it takes minimum six years to really master it. And that's assuming you have an aptitude for it, which some don't, especially now because it's a lot more complex than it used to be, but it's a lot more powerful. And so it takes a lot more out of the box thinking than many regular people have. So I'm tired of this guy. I decide to accept an offer. This is in Oregon. And they told me everything under the sun. And unfortunately, the person who offered that to me was not the person I was going to ultimately be working with. So there were other issues. I get there. There's all sorts of issues with just the initial visits, the you know, the interview process, everything that should have given me a flag that I should have walked away. I didn't because I was so committed to getting away from this other numb nuts over here. So I accept it. I start. And for four months, and no, I'm not exaggerating. I'm talking four full months. I walked in there second day of January of 2019. My last day there was April, I want to say 13th, 12th, somewhere around there of 2019. I was there for four months. I didn't do a lick of work because they wouldn't allow me to because the group I was supposed to work with was not told I was coming in or why, which was there are a bunch of screw-ups and I'm coming in to get it done correctly. Instead, they usurped it and decided, they would delegate me to the outgoing tool that I have no competency with at all that's crashing and crapping out. And they would do the new tool that I have more experience than all of them put together and jack it up so that later I'm subject to that. Say, I know the game. So I'm not doing any work. I'm collecting a check. Problem is I'm not doing any work. I'm not engaged. Because I'm not engaged, there's no reason for me to be in the building. So I said, let me just work from home then. If that's the case and I'll dial into things, they won't let me work from home. After that time, one of the soups on the other side said this, you know, we got to change this because he needs to basically follow orders and I'm telling them no. So then they subject to the PIP and I took that business. I wrote up a resignation letter using their software, dropped it on the manager's desk, who was a coward, by the way, thanked my team that I was working with for them and their guidance and everything, helping me understand the way of things and walked out and never looked back. And at the end of the day, I'm not ashamed. Like there's very few times I don't give notice, but if it's just not the right thing, then beauty of at-will employment is I have every right to walk out same day. There's no such thing as burn bridges anymore because the companies treat you as replaceable and they treat you as expendable and they don't respect your time. They don't respect your health and they impose, they try to impose their will upon you instead of letting you be the specialist that you are in whatever you specialize in which doesn't work for me. So as I talk to people, right, of they're in awe. Wow, how do you have two clients at the same time, contract clients? It's not hard. There's time I'm working with one client and time I'm working with the other one. And sometimes there's conference calls where I'm sitting, wasting time, listening in on a thing, and I don't need to take action. For the most part, I do work on one until I need to do work on the other, and I interchange between the two. I can then shift time if there's some... Let's say there's a blackout period, quote, unquote. So I know that was apparently deemed as an offensive term. I don't mean it as. I'm saying that was an IT term that there's a hands-off period, that we should not do any sort of deployments or changes. Great. I can go over to the client, work with them. In this case, both of them happen to be in the same time zone. So there's minimal disruption there. I'm always active during that time span. And the second client is really just a bunch of pointless calls that don't require any action at this point. The first client, meanwhile has a lot of work, but I control the current schedule because we're ahead of a deployment and there's a little bit of lag. Great. So I just interplay between the two. This is not something I would argue everybody can do. Some people are not cut out, frankly, for contract work. They need the safety and the comfort of somebody offering them benefits, somebody offering them 401k, somebody doing these things for them. I understand this. I personally, am not willing to sacrifice my own ethics and principles just for these benefits that really aren't that great. A 401k isn't really that great. It sounded good. It was never meant to be a replacement for pensions, true pensions. Pensions were always the right answer and their decline, I believe, has contributed to the decline of generational wealth in our country here in the United States. So if a company comes back and says, yeah, we've got a great match, of 6k, a 401k, and, or 6%, rather, of 401k and some of this garbage, I'm not impressed. And in fact, when they go through the benefits during orientation, I kind of glaze over because it doesn't impress me. I'm looking for standout benefits. This one has a couple of standout benefits. Even those don't impress me that much because at the end of the day, I know it's full-time work, which means there are certain things they're going to try to ask of me. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to walk out the door. And I don't want to do that. So I wish they would have, signed when I tried to reach out to them for contract work so I could maintain that level of separation of duty. I, at this point, have accepted I'll give it a shot in all fairness, and as long as everything goes the way I need it to go, we'll be cool. And the manager I spoke to seemed to be on that level, seemed to be a cool guy. They asked some very intriguing questions. It seems like their culture is one that is a positive culture now, and apparently had a negative culture the last time I spoke with them. So perhaps this is where this lower level manager has a little bit of autonomy to make things as smooth as possible. I heard a couple of things that were concerning. Hopefully those are things that they will embrace the way I do things. This then goes back to my first client where I've had to, it took me months. It took me arguably right now, three months to get, or really two and a half, to get them to understand I'm as good as I say I am. And that's not bragging. It's the truth. Nobody's killing it like I am. They're seeing things that I take for granted that other orgs do that are just shockers to them. The idea of an epic in software development, anybody knows that term, but the idea of knowing all the different tasks that go into this bucket of work and knowing their status at a high level was something they never did before. But I just did it on myself because every time I get asked the question, where are we with this topic? You go there and you can see exactly where we're at and you can see what's remaining and you can see if there's any outstanding work, something so simple. I just did on my own. I just proved today. I was talking with the manager. This is the first contract client. I just showed that person. I've I'm at the point. I got 20 different builds all completed in the span of a month. The person who's your full-time worker got about four to five done. And of those two or three didn't require him to do anything. So, it's not close. And the thing is I'm constrained to 40 hours. So with my constraint, 40 hours, cause I'm contract, he's full time. He's not constrained. He's burning 12 hour days and he can't keep up with what I'm doing. Mind. When I develop and I deploy and I migrate, mine don't break. Mine don't have issues because I do excessive testing. I use test strategies. His will go. And there's all sorts of issues where it doesn't match the environment. And that's because he rushes and he doesn't listen. That was the person that I was having con- conflicts with. That he wasn't listening. But the thing is, I already knew that was going to happen because I know how good I am, and I'm not. I'm not ashamed to simply say, I understand how good I am with this. I expect everybody else to follow the lead. I will show you. I will teach you. That now we're getting to the point where I'm starting to enjoy the work I do, except for this dude. Everything else is cool because I'm actually making a difference and I know it's going to be a better product for them in the long term. And there's a lot to do, but it's not hard. It's just giving me the opportunity to show it. The second client, then there's nothing to do yet because they haven't started and there's still some setup things. So I'm kind of in this passive thing. I'd like to get started with them so that the money starts flowing a little bit more. And then this third one being full time, they have to pay me no matter what. So that's cool, and there won't be a lot of work up front. I expect probably just a bunch of pointless meetings to refresh on things and get acclimated to things, and that's fine, but they must pay me. So then, at minimum, when this third one, if this third one goes, that'll be two streams of money coming in my way, which should help in getting the heck out of freaking Nevada, which is still a focus for me, by the way. And the third is full remote, and they don't mind that I'm working from home. So all of everything I'm describing to you And first, the issues with why I hesitate doing full-time and why I think full-time is broken in the United States and why I choose to do contract over full-time has to do with control of my situation. The idea that I can choose to talk to you guys, the idea that I can choose to run my own thing off the side, the idea that I do not have to subject to anything I don't want to, the idea that I can make my own schedule, the idea that I can do my own thing in my own home and just relax. Obviously, I got this Nazi thing that they sent me. But other than that, it's a much more relaxed thing, which makes me more focused. I can actually focus and get more stuff done and add more value. That's all my fun. Full-time doesn't let you do that. People can say it's your dream job, like working at Google or Microsoft. No, it's not. You might like the work. I guarantee you don't like working there. Some people are cool with, uh, well, there's a gym or there's a foosball table. I guarantee you it's not really what you want. Tolerate it because it's better than the alternatives. However, if you were to go consulting, doing the same work, you'd probably make twice what you make there. Some people are not, they don't have the constitution for it, and that's fine. Don't feel ashamed if you're not one of those that can tolerate contract work and you're fine with full-time. I'm not telling you not to do full-time. I'm saying that ultimately full-time employers require things of you that are not mindful or respectful of your health, mindful and respectful of your time treats you like you are an adult. I've had situations where they're like, yeah, you need to have your doctor sign to do, do. No, I'm not getting a parent's note or a doctor's note or a teacher's note for you. I'm an adult. I will make my own decision for myself. And it is what it is. And if you don't accept it, I will walk away. That empowerment of your own bodily self-control, it is invaluable. It's worth more than any salary. That's all I'm saying. So for those that don't mind this, giving of yourself just to keep the job, I'm not criticizing you. I'm saying that for me, and I want you to take as a call to action, consider, only consider for me. I went to contracting because I realized I'm not willing to give of myself for some employer that isn't really willing to pay what I'm worth for that extra. There's an extra, especially now with inflation. I'm not willing to work overtime when you're not willing to pay me overtime pay. I will not do this. So if you want on-call, quote-unquote, the salary needs to be pretty much double what you normally would offer, and none of them will do that. Okay, well, we got a problem. I'll just walk away. <laughs> I'm not going to subject to any sort of unacceptable screenings that you. I know you don't need. I'm not going to waste my time with this business. I shouldn't have to leave my home to do a lot of this stuff. It should simply be, I file a thing with my name on it, with my identification, do the I-9 and we're done because I know I'm not a criminal. We're all good. I'm not going to steal from you. I'm working from home. I, I don't even need access to your building. Just provide access to the tools. And then you can monitor whatnot. That's great. I am not going to subject to anything that is a violation of my personal protocol or my privacy or my safety or my health for any reason, which is why I think many people have gotten to the point where they just kind of get desperate. They just need the money. And so they give it themselves, which convinces the employers that it's okay when it's not okay. It's not okay to give up yourself if they're not willing to excessively compensate you for the benefit of this. I have the same argument about credit screening. I frankly don't think you should be allowed as a bank or something else to just sell your information and not give you something for this other than the benefit of being a customer. So I'm not singling employers. I'm saying that I believe personal rights and personal securities and personal health and everything else is your responsibility, not that of your employer. They're not there to dictate to you how to do your life or how to do your health. And if they try to do this, I would, my call to action is consider whether or not that company really does care about you versus their own bottom line. That's all we've got here today on casual talk radio gentlemen's world. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at CasualTalkRadio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.